Welcome to Bite at a Time Books Behind the Story, where we answer the questions you have about your favorite classic authors. What inspired your favorite author to write their novels? What was going on in the world at the time? Follow along with us as we tell you what was happening in the world while your favorite authors wrote your favorite classics. My name is Bree Carlisle, and I love to read and wanted to share my passion with listeners like you. If you want to know what's coming next and vote on upcoming books, sign up for our newsletter at biteatatimebooks.com. Be sure to follow my show on your favorite podcast platform so you get all the new episodes. You can find most of our links in the show notes, but also our website, biteatatimebooks.com, includes all of the links for our show, including to our Patreon to support the show and YouTube, where we have special behind the narration of the episodes. We're part of the Bite at a Time Books Productions Network. If you'd also like to hear a book by the author, check out the Bite at a Time Books podcast wherever you listen to podcasts. Today we'll be learning about the later life and work of L. Frank Baum. With the success of Wizard on page and stage, Baum and Dinslow hoped for further success and published Dot and Tot of Maryland in 1901. The book was one of Baum's weakest and its failure further strained his faltering relationship with Denslow. It was their last collaboration. Baum worked primarily with John R. Neal on his fantasy work beginning in 1904, but Baum met Neal few times, all before he moved to California, and often found Neal's art not humorous enough for his liking. He was particularly offended when Neal published the Oz toy book, Cutouts for the Kitties Without Authorization. Baum reportedly designed the chandeliers in the crown room of the Hotel del Coronado. However, that attribution has yet to be corroborated. Several times during the development of the Oz series, Baum declared that he had written his last Oz book and devoted himself to other works of fantasy fiction, based in other magical lands, including The Life and Adventures of Santa Claus and Queen Zixie of Ix. However, he returned to the series each time persuaded by popular demand, letters from children, and the failure of his new books. Even so, his other works remained very popular after his death, with The Master Key appearing on St. Nicholas Magazine's survey of readers' favorite books well into the 1920s. In 1905, Baum declared plans for an Oz amusement park. In an interview, he mentioned buying Pedlow Island off the coast of California to turn into an Oz park. However, there's no evidence that he purchased such an island, and no one has ever been able to find any island whose name even resembles Pedlow in that area. Nevertheless, Baum stated to the press that he had discovered a Pedlow island off the coast of California, and that he had purchased it to be the marvelous land of Oz, intending it to be a fairy paradise for children. 11-year-old Dorothy Talbot of San Francisco was reported to be ascendant to the throne on March 1, 1906, when the Palace of Oz was expected to be completed. Baum planned to live on the island, with administrative duties handled by the princess and her all-child advisors. Plans included statues of the Scarecrow, Tin Woodman, Jack Pumpkinhead, and H.M. Wogglebug, T.E., Baum abandoned his Oz Park project after the failure of the Wogglebug, which was playing at the Garrick Theater in 1905. Because of his lifelong love of theater, he financed elaborate musicals, often to his financial detriment. One of Baum's worst financial endeavors was his The Fairy Log and Radio Plays 1908, which combined a slideshow, film, and live actors with a lecture by Baum. 
as if he were giving a travel log to Oz. However, Baum ran into trouble and could not pay his debts to the company who produced the films. He did not get back to a stable financial situation for several years after he sold the royalty rights to many of his earlier works, including The Wonderful Wizard of Oz. This resulted in the M.A. Donahue Company publishing cheap editions of his early works, with advertising which purported that Baum's newer output was inferior to the less expensive books that they were releasing. He claimed bankruptcy in August 1911. However, Baum had shrewdly transferred most of his property into Maud's name, except for his clothing, his typewriter, and his library most of his children's books, such as the fairy tales of Andrew Lang, whose portrait he kept in his study, all of which he successfully argued were essential to his occupation. Maud handled the finances anyway, and thus Baum lost much less than he could have. Baum made use of several pseudonyms for some of his other non-Oz books. They include Edith Van Dyne, the Aunt Jane's Nieces series, Laura Bancroft, the Twinkle Tales, Policeman, Blue Jay, Floyd Ackers, the Boy Fortune Hunter series, continuing the Sam Steele series, Suzanne Metcalf, Annabelle, Schuler Staunton, The Fate of a Crown, Daughters of Destiny, John Estes Cook, Tamawaka Folks, Captain Hugh Fitzgerald, the Sam Steele series. Baum also anonymously wrote The Last Egyptian, A Romance of the Nile. He continued theatrical work with Harry Marston Haldeman's men's social group, The Uplifters, for which he wrote several plays for various celebrations. He also wrote the group's parodic bylaws. The group also included Will Rogers, but was proud to have had Baum as a member and posthumously revived many of his works, despite their ephemeral intent. Many of these plays' titles are known, but only the uplift of Lucifer is known to survive. It was published in a limited edition in the 1960s. Prior to that, his last produced play was The TikTok Man of Oz, based on Ozma of Oz, and the basis for TikTok of Oz. A modest success in Hollywood that producer Oliver Morosco decided did not do well enough to take to Broadway. Morosco, incidentally, quickly turned to film production, as did Baum. In 1914, Baum started his own film production company, the Oz Film Manufacturing Company, which came as an outgrowth of the Uplifters. He served as its president and principal producer and screenwriter. The rest of the board consisted of Louis F. Gottschalk, Harry Marston Haldeman, and Clarence R. Rundell. The films were directed by J. Farrell MacDonald, with casts that included Violet McMillan, Vivian Reed, Mildred Harris, Juanita Hansen, Pierre Kudurk, Mai Wellis, Louis Emmons, J. Charles Hayden, and early appearances by Harold Lloyd and Hal Roach. Silent film actor Richard Rawson appeared in one of the films. Rawson's younger brother, Harold Rawson, was the cinematographer on The Wizard of Oz, released in 1939. After little success probing the unrealized children's film market, Baum acknowledged his authorship of The Last Egyptian and made a film of it, portions of which are included in Decacia. But the Oz name had become box office poison for the time being, and even a name change to dramatic feature films and transfer of ownership to Frank Joslyn Baum did not help. Baum invested none of his own money in the venture unlike the fairy log and radio plays, but the stress probably took its toll on his health. 
Thank you for joining Bite at a Time Books behind the story today. While we answered some of the questions you have about one of your favorite classic authors, again, my name is Bree Carlisle, and I hope you come back next time when we answer more questions about one of your favorite classic authors. Don't forget to sign up for our newsletter at biteatatimebooks.com. Check out the show notes or our website, biteatatimebooks.com, for the links for our show.